Hi, and welcome to episode 320 of No Crying in Baseball, the Don't Stop Me Now episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey, how are you doing? I'm so happy, and my pulse rate is just barely coming down. <laughs> ask, ask me why, Potty Mouth. Gee, I can't imagine why. Why are you so happy? I, I, I'm guessing our, our listeners are wondering as well. Yeah, so we're recording on Sunday, like immediately after the O's walked off the Rays in extra innings. This game goes to 11, baby. So the O's took the last two. More about that later, but I'm it was a nail biter the whole time. And I'm so, so freaking happy. I can't even believe it. I'm actually, I'm celebrating with a delicious beverage that I was going to share with you, but we're recording remotely. So hopefully I'll save one for next time. Oh. But it's the best cider I've ever had. Really? This is from 1911, our, okay. our favorite cidery in, in New York State. And this is the, um, what's it called? It is the maple bourbon barrel aged cider. And it's very, you know, from somebody wow. who prefers a Manhattan when given a choice of cocktails, this is exactly the right cider for me. It's very, very delicious. And I'm celebrating. I've got it in my, um, my Orioles koozie and all is right with the world. I'm wearing my Adam Jones t-shirt that I picked up on Friday. More about that later. So it's a whole package I've got going on. Wow. Well, I will bring balance to the universe by saying that I'm still depressed as fuck. So I am, last week I sounded like absolute shit. Today I'm just like a slightly lagging. I was, I was overzealous perhaps with my prediction last week that I would be drinking a beer by this time. And I am not because I'm still within that window with which one should be somewhat cautious. So after five days, I did go back to work, but I'm, I'm supposed to stay masked for another five days. And uh, the irony there is that I could go out in public mass, say, to a concert on Friday night, but I couldn't have like Rosh Hashanah dinner with family because read above masked. So I, I did do that. So happy um, uh, Hispanic Heritage Month, by the way. Uh, Friday was the first night, and I celebrated with my mask on by going to the Los Auténticos Decadentes concert. So if you haven't heard of Auténticos Decadentes, check it out. Their music is fabulous. There's a, they're a huge band, lots of energy. And uh, I think we were the only ones wearing our masks there, but we had third row center tickets. And I could oh, not... Oh, nice. Right. So I couldn't pass it up. So I was like, well, you know, technically... I can go places with a mask. So we went with the mask and I and I said to Mr. Potty Mouth, I'm just going to be a little bit more subdued than I usually am at concerts. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't keep a straight face when you say such things. Right, right. He was like, I, I was like, please remind me to calm down. And he's like, yeah, right. I can't. It's not going to happen. So the opening band, I was already jumping. And it's something about like, I don't know, just being surrounded by this amazing music just kind of puts that spring in your step. So I sprung a lot, not to mention we walked to and from Metro that night so by the time I got home Friday night read Saturday morning very early I was I've been floored for the rest of the weekend not fevery not achy like no sick stuff just really fucking tired but was it worth it yes it was worth it the other thing I think that floored me this weekend was watching Red Sox games I am so depressed so like every like Orioles high has also been a, a Red Sox low. I watched them lose in 13 innings yesterday, and oh. I watched the Blue Jays walk it off today. And so those both just – it's just like a little stab. You know, at the same time, I'm looking at the team, and it, I like these guys, but they've been together for 
a half an hour. You know what I mean? Like there's no, there's not that the same cohesion. And I know the O's have also brought up a couple of guys, but they, they, they have this core and they've got, they've had their thing, their like celebrations thing throughout the year, which the Sox do, but it's just, you can tell they're not, you know, that close buddy thing. And the, the, the one thing that's really bumming me out though, is them being below the Yankees at this point. That's sad. However, um, they did fire Chaim Bloom. Somebody actually on Twitter pointed out that they did it the day before Rosh Hashanah. Now, Chaim Bloom, the, the, I don't even know what his official title is, but it's essentially a GM-ish kind of thing, even though they have another guy who's called GM. I don't get it. But he's the one who, you know, is pretty much in, in charge of all the deals. And he's a very observant Jew. And I, I am totally with them on firing him. I think it was the right thing to do. They clearly need to make a big change. But the day before Rosh Hashanah, not the best timing. And um, it was Gabrielle Starr who posted that on Twitter and immediately got a lot of shit for it. Like, oh, like you're making this thing out of it. You're making this into an anti-Semitic thing. And that's not it at all. It's like if somebody were to get fired the day before Christmas, everybody would freak. Like no matter who it was, no matter how bad they were, you don't fire somebody the day before Christmas and you don't fire Kai and Bloom the day before Rosh Hashanah. I totally agree with her on that. But There were so many opportunities before this to right. fire him. <laughs> that, and that really, that like somebody said they should have done it at Passover. So like, yeah, oh, that, ouch, ouch. That, yeah. that would have been a more appropriate time of the year. Um, a shout out to our friend Anna, one of our, our Patreon friends, who forwarded me a cell design t-shirt with the L's as Red Sox. So apparently the cell thing is going around. And I think that would be another good thing for the Red Sox is if the owners would sell the team as well. But that's that's another thing. Anyway, that's, that's a long tirade of uh, how my weekend was. And it's good that we didn't get those tickets for a big sexy day after all at Mets. I'm sure it was a lovely day. Yay for for Bartolo Colon retiring as a Met, but getting our asses to Queens today would have been whew, yeah. too much, too much. As it turned out, I needed that quality time on my sofa watching the O's <laughs> game anyway, so that worked out okay. Um, but yeah, that would have been big, big fun. Yeah, sigh. On today's show, pay attention to me when Save the Dates Fail Empty Lockers, Roberto Clemente Day, A Weekend at Patty's Happy Place, Women's World Cup, and cross-training with women's hockey. You know, I kind of want to jump right to A Weekend at Patty's Happy Place because there's a lot of stuff to wade through before then. Patty, Patty's Happy Place sounds like a nice place. We can if you want to. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Patty's Happy Place. But but first, I'll, I'll get through the the guys that I haven't been paying attention okay. to. So our baseball boyfriends, the guys that we talk about every week because they're cool, we each picked one guy per team in the off season and told you why. So go back to these past episodes if you want to know why we picked these guys. But I haven't paid attention enough attention to some of my guys. So I was just, I was doing what, what you often model is see who's done something good in the past week. And Tyro Strada from the San Francisco Giants apparently has been a real highlight of the Giants this season despite missing a whole month from July 3rd to August 4th with a fractured hand, which explains a lot why I couldn't put him in my lineup for a long time on our fantasy team. <laughs> but he just had his second in a row over 20 steal season. And he is the first gi giant with back-to-back -back 20 or more steal seasons since Omar Vizquel, who I didn't even realize was on the Giants, who was there 2005 and 2006, were his back-to-back 20-plus -back, uh, steal seasons. Also, despite the fact that he missed a whole fucking month, 
He leads the Giants in hits, doubles, and steals. He's tied with Lamont Wade for runs, and he is second in average and slugging. So I haven't been paying nearly enough attention. Sorry, our our, uh, lovable Giants fans that we have out there. Beyond that, he is the first second baseman on the Giants in 100 years with at least 20 doubles and 20 steals for the season. The last Giant to do that was Larry Doyle, 1909 to 1913, when they were back in New York. I remember that well. (laughs) He does lead all of Major League Baseball in outs above average. Um, He doesn't actually qualify because he hasn't played enough games. He's got like 700 and something played appearances as opposed to over 1,000. But... It's still, it's still an impressive thing. Sex, defense is sexy. This past week, he had a very good week. He had a 303 average for the week with two stolen bases and two home runs. So I'm staying in California with my neglected guys. The other neglected guy is Miguel Rojas, who uh, has had a rough season. And people keep wondering why the Dodgers uh, keep him so often in the starting lineup because he has been very subpar. But... My buddy Kike Hernandez, who went over at the end of July, I think has been a very good influence on Rojas and vice versa. Both of them have had a huge increase in numbers since Kike went over. So Rojas was at 176 in July and Kike came over July 25th. So he went up to 236 average in August and he finally got his first home runs of the year. He had three home runs in August in September 359 with a 918 OPS. Kike also went from a pretty miserable July to 253 August and 265 September. And together, they are going to be going to the playoffs. So I'm sure that Kike is a lot happier with his trade over the Dodgers instead of sitting in the Red Sox misery. He actually gets to be part of the NL West clinching celebrations. And there were lots of really cute pictures. Like the two of them are dance buddies. And that's the other like... You know, I'm very in favor of more dancing, more dancing in the dugout. And they were all smoochy in the pictures with the champagne pouring and all those things. Um, his fourth home, we get back to Miguel, Miguel, Miggy Rowe, I, I think is what they call him, Miggy Rowe. His fourth home run happened just this past week with a two-run home run over the Mariners. And that is a big deal in the, in the American League playoff race. A little bit of catch-up news because I've been ignoring Miggy. There were a couple of interesting things that he did uh, several weeks ago. The first one is at the end of July, he pitched. And that's always a fun thing to do to see a position player pitching. It was the ninth inning against the Reds when the Reds were leading 8 to nothing, And he only gave up one run in his pitching debut. And it was a Joey Vadu RBI. Also, I shouldn't feel... And this sort of like puts things into perspective when a guy is sucking, you know, they're still paid pretty well. Um, Even though he had been having this struggling season, he has a Lamborghini, but his Lamborghini was broken into in the middle of August. Luckily, all that got stolen was his mother-in-law's purse that had her wallet and iPhone, and uh, he had to replace the window on his Lamborghini. Otherwise, no damage done, no stolen car, just a missing purse. So that's that's my boyfriend update of my West Coast guys who I haven't been watching enough, but apparently are doing good things. And I, and we'll see what I'm really curious to see if Miggy Rowe can pull it together for the playoffs. It'll be fun to see his playoff run with Kike. Yeah, for sure. So Potty Mouth mentioned that the Dodgers clinched the NL West. The Hammers clinched the NL East this week. 
So those are the only two um, like divisions that have been clinched at this point. Matt Olson, who is my former Oakland boyfriend, now plays with the Hammers, and he had a most excellent week. He's been having a most excellent season. This week, he set the single-season home run record for the Hammers. He hit his 52nd homer yesterday on Saturday, which broke Andrew Jones's record. Wow. And he's also he leads the entire league in home runs. Um, when Otani was still active, that was kind of the race. But now Otani's out, so it's Matt Olson's to lose because I think Alonzo is behind him, and he's like nine homers behind, yeah. which is a lot, yeah, way back. a lot to make up. Matt Olson also leads the league in RBI with 129, which is nothing to sneeze at. So Shoot. hooray, Matt, formerly one of the Oakland Welcome Mats. Nikki Lopez, who was my Kansas City boyfriend, got traded to Atlanta at the trade deadline. And to me, that mattered because I had to – lose Michael Harris from my outfield who is spectacular because I'm very short on middle infielders so in order to keep Nikki Lopez as one of my very few middle infields I had to to lose my really high high um, rated outfielder but it wasn't just me that is kind of suffering from the fact that he went from Kansas City to Atlanta Nikki proposed to his longtime girlfriend, Sydney Lamberti, I think her last name is, two years ago in Chicago while Kansas City was there for a series, right? They have been together since college. They've been together for like six years. They both went to Creighton. She played basketball. He played baseball. They finally set a wedding date earlier this year. And they picked November 2nd because oh. he was with Kansas City. And Oof. there was no way in heck November was going to be a work conflict issue for a middle infielder from Kansas oh, no. City. Now it matters because that date, November 2nd, comes right between games five and six of the World <laughs> Series, which yay and yikes. So I don't know if they've officially postponed it yet or they're still trying to figure what they're going to do. But as Nikki said, she'll understand if there's something to postpone it for, it's going to have to be this. Wow. And you got to believe that that is true. But between the dates, is it actually on a day off like that? <laughs> I it, guess- it is on a day off, but there is no way. He said, oh, yeah, we have this whole long weekend planned. We have like four days yeah. of things planned. The wedding itself was going to be on the second, but it was like a four day extravaganza, which is going to have to probably wait right now if you look at the all the probabilities that are out there in the world i think the hammers are like 33 percent chance oh, to man. be in the world series i think it's more than that but that's yeah. what the numbers are showing right now but i think at that point you still need to postpone just to be safe i'm just putting that out there in the universe holy shit i found out today that sedan Rafaela, the the new red sox rookie who just came up that he grew up or his family were um hammers fans and his yeah. middle name is chipper Oh, Jesus. <laughs> wait, wait. What's his first name? Sedan. Sedan Chipper. Chipper Raffaella. Raffaella. Yeah. I, I haven't looked it does, it up It does not trip over the tongue it nicely, does. but oh, Lordy. Right. That authentic Rubian name. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm going to do a little bit of cleanup here. Um, sweep it out. Locker cleanout day is, is a fun day at the end of the school year where it's just like all hell breaks loose. They sort of give the kids 20 minutes in between classes to just dump all their shit out. The lockers and papers are flying. And so that's kind of the image that I had in my head when I was learning about a lot of uh, locker cleanout that was happening throughout MLB this week. And this is also our police blotter segment because we're going to go back to Wander Franco 
who is currently still serving his uh, suspension due to alleged relationships with multiple minors. A, a side side note on that, I'm very glad that it's the Dominican government that's um, investigating because Winterball is coming up very soon. And he actually belongs to Leonis de Descogido, the, the lead-on team that I love and, and support. So I'm really hoping that this means he's not playing Winterball either. But uh, a little bit of a, a hat tip shout out to our friend Chris, who pointed out, because I, I guess when I last talked about Franco, I said something like, and I, the Rays have been silent. And he said, well, maybe the Rays have been silent, but they have been doing a lot of cleaning. And basically, the trap has been cleansed of, quote, all things wander, including um, some, some pictures that were out by the beer and food area. And, and I appreciate Chris's t uh, quotation here, which I hope he doesn't mind me saying to everybody else that, that his images have been replaced with players who don't fuck 14-year-olds. So very much appreciated there. Plus a pretty good sign that he is not expected back soon. Another persona non grata across the country on the Dodgers, who are doing pretty fine without Julio Arias, who you talked about last week. Apparently they cleaned out his locker a week after his charges and his stadium, his murals, and I saw pictures of this, are either painted over or covered up at this oh, point. Yeah, yeah, and especially the painted over. Mm -hmm. um, also was taking down his MLB gold jersey that was on display on the club level, a painting that was in the gold glove bar, and he is technically still on administrative leave, but uh, Dave Roberts was trying to not answer questions while sort of answering questions and, and said that it looks like that he thinks that the team is pretty much moving on. We will probably be talking more about this because his court appearance is September 27th. So stay tuned. Um, a much less controversial yet sad still locker cleaning out is Shohei Otani, who you talked about last week being injured and, uh, his locker was cleared out before his announcement of going on the IL. He's out for the rest of the season, and who knows what's going to happen if he's going to go back to the Angels or not. So that's where that's a little bit of sad. You'd think that if the Angels were sort of hoping to hang on to him, they would have delayed it a little bit. But I don't know what this means, if it means something more than just they're cleaning out because that's the thing to do. I also go back to how you questioned the wisdom of him continuing to bat after he had a torn uh, ACL, UCL and was, you know, stopped from pitching. Because I think, you know, it, the, it's two different parts of the body that are injured. I totally understand this. His, his UCL was torn and now he has a, an oblique injury. Yet your body compensates when you're not moving it in the same way. And something like an oblique injury, I don't know, I, I get them all the time and that's just because I'm old and whenever I, you know, overexert myself, that's what goes. So I don't know. I, I'm not a doctor, but I don't think it was a good idea for him to play through injury. Well, let me tell you what's different about Otani's locker than the okay. other lockers. Shohei Otani cleaned out his own locker. Oh. He was in there before the team came in. I think one relief pitcher was in there and talked to him while he was doing it. And that's how he got like the scoop on the news that Otani's going to go have surgery on one of these situations. Right. But the article I read in The Athletic said that Otani really, he's in charge of the relationship with the Angels. The Angels huh. are not in charge of this relationship. So in the other cases, there were, you know, there were criminal aspects yes. <laughs> to it. So the team's like, yeah, you're out of here in this one. And normally, 
normally you would expect if the player is injured, just can't play, but is not uh -huh. actually laid up, they would show up to games. So the things I read said the oh. intent is he would come back for the homestands. Yeah. Just like to be there. So it's kind of weird that he would completely clean out his locker and the angels claim to want to, you know, fight for him in free agency. Wow. I don't know that they're going to have a leg to stand on in that, but it, it is a different situation because he was the one who just said, yep, I'm out. I'm right. gonna, you know, we don't need, I don't need to leave this stuff here because I'm not playing anymore, which is a little more abrupt than what one would expect when it's an, an IL visit and not say, you know, criminal activity. Right. Cause even if you're on the IL and you're showing up for your home games, you'd wear something. You would, right. yeah, yeah. You you wear your team gear, whether it's yeah. the uniform or at least your official other team gear. Yeah. Uh, Can I talk about happyish things? Okay, good, good. I'm gonna sit. I, I was I was about to say I'm gonna sit back and drink my beer. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna drink my water out of my lovely water bottle here. But, Hydration is your friend. There we go. Yeah. So um, the the cider's got. Uh, I don't know what the alcohol content is, but it it feels stronger because of the whole like bourbon barrel aged taste mm. of it. So maybe it's enough for both of us. I don't know. All right. I had almost a perfect ballpark weekend. Oh, that's so lovely. With Camden Yards and our intern. My, our intern is my favorite person to go to um, Orioles games with. So that was really spectacular. So the idea was come home Friday because. Adam Jones is going to retire as an Oriole. So Adam Jones, for those of you who may not be familiar, he was 11 years as an Oriole. He's a five-time All-Star. He had four Golden Gloves as an Oriole. Three times he was voted the most valuable Oriole, um, Oriole during that time. In 2018 and 19, he went to play in Japan. He, the Orioles were done. He's going to Japan, played for several years. But now it's time for him to retire, and he wants to retire as an Oriole. And like big sexy you you have this retirement a lot of players do this you come back to the team where you really like the the team that you are most associated with or the team that you have yeah. the biggest feels for however that works yep and you sign a one-day contract so it was very funny saying oh michael Elias, you know signed adam jones for you know adam jones is an oriole again just for friday a one-day contract and before the there was so much pregame because it was also Roberto Clemente Day, which I know you're going to talk about. But so that happened. There was like those presentations. And then they announced Adam Jones to have this retirement ceremony. And he came in from the bullpen, right, all the way out in center field. Uh -huh. And he was hilarious. He and his two sons, August oh. and Axel, who have freaking amazing QHAR. You need to find photos. These kids Ooh. have freaking great hair. And they were like, they were all running in. And Adam Jones, I don't know if it was just for laughs or for real, kind of stopped before he got second base and kind of put his hands on his knees and caught his breath, which was hilarious. Oh, right. Comes all the way in. And then they do the um, the video that shows the highlights of his career. And I love this about the Orioles. And I'm sure other teams do this, too. But I think the Orioles really pay attention to work that the team and individual players do in the community. Mm -hmm. It seems to be very important to them to make that very public. So the his the. Um, the tribute video was about half highlights of his baseball career, but a, the other half was all the work in the community, him with kids, him planting things, him playing with kids, him doing, he and his wife, Adi, so it is in fact, Adam, Adi, August <laughs> and Axel, but apparently they, they pumped a lot of money into, um, Baltimore based boys and girls clubs and YMCA's and the interview with him said, I was one of these kids and kids like me just needed a break. 
And we're going to do what we can to give these kids a break and give them this opportunity. And it was, I, I leaned over to our intern and I said, how can you not be romantic about baseball? Because yeah. it was really, really touching on top of what that just happened with the Roberto Clemente um, presentation, which was very much the same thing with, you know, with, with, with the current player. He then did a, a ceremonial first pitch to Nick freaking Marcakis. <laughs> so that was exciting, but it was, it was very funny because the two guys in front of us were wearing a, one was wearing a Jones jersey and one was wearing a Marcakis jersey. And I just tapped him on the shoulder and said, did you know this when you got dressed <laughs> for the game? And he said, no, my Jones wow. jersey was at my beach house. So he wow. sort of randomly wore Marcakis and that was actually kind of thing. But I remember very well the game where Adam Jones basically handed off center field to Cedric Mullins and how meaningful that was and how he made it a thing. It's like, I am passing the baton. This is your guy now, which was really cool. The game itself, horrible loss for the Orioles. Yeah. Seven to one loss. It was terrible, but there was a highlight. Um, Heston um, Kerstad got a call up because Ryan Mountcastle's um, got a shoulder issue right now. So they, he doesn't, so we're still calling up guys, right? Guys are still debuting, you know, uh, in, in mid-September. And he homered for his first hit. Wow. And we got to see that. So that was a super highlight. And then on the way out, um, eagle-eyed intern spotted that Chris Dad is wearing a 13, which was Manny Machado's jersey number, which I'm only bringing up because you brought up Kike. Um, <laughs> so someone had a Machado jersey where they they, they masking taped over Machado to put Chris Dad on there so they Smart. could wear the number 13 in honor of his debut weekend, which was pretty exciting. So initially we weren't going to go to the Saturday game. And I said, hmm can you maybe change your plans? Can you rearrange your plans? And the intern said, yeah, I really want to. And they, and they did. And Good thing. So, so yeah, so once he changed his plans, I got these tickets and we went Saturday night, which was a big freaking win. And the, the couple of really important things were Camden Yards was packed, 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 packed. Friday was a sellout. Saturday was close. And there's something so magic about being in a crowd that is so happy yeah. And it, it was, it, again, it was world baseball classic feel. It was like everybody's into every single pitch, every single, everybody is singing, everybody is cheering. Grayson Rodriguez, one of the kids, had an eight inning shutout, his best showing ever, seven strikeouts, not a single walk. He was freaking amazing. Oh, wow. My favorite sign now is Gunner is funner. And sure enough, <laughs> he went three for five with the home run. And his two runs that he scored at that game put him a run ahead of Cal Ripken Jr. for the most runs scored ever by an Orioles rookie. And as, as our intern said, and that turned out okay for him. <laughs> so we feel good about our presumptive rookie of the year. Also, every single Orioles game, they do this, hey, vote on one of these three songs. You know, we're going to play it later. And one of the songs was Queen's Don't Stop Me Now. You know, I'm having a good time. And that was the one that won. And the best thing they did was when they played the song, they did it over the highlights of the game. And the guys are smiling in uh. every highlight. They're making a great defensive play or they're getting a really good hit. And they're having such a good time. It was like the perfect. And I, I may have embarrassed the, our, our intern and everyone around me because I was definitely having a good time and singing very loudly and dancing very excitedly. But it was like the perfect soundtrack for that game. There are, again, still new guys. The Rays had a debut. I'm a little pissed. There was a handful of O's fans who booed this guy making his oh, debut because they were booing all the Rays. Okay. I'm like, that's not okay. Um, Taylor mm. Walls went out on paternity leave Saturday morning. So Tristan Gray got his call up, which actually was a pretty funny one because 
He, he reports that he missed seven calls because he was asleep, woke up with his manager beating on his apartment door saying, you got to go to Baltimore. You got to go to Baltimore. You just got your call up. So he managed to get there in time for batting practice on Saturday from this Saturday morning pounding on the door. And his parents actually That's got funny. there from Houston, which was really good. But when they put him in the game, late in the game, he was, you know, he was a sub later on. And they, they always post up on the video board, here are the three guys due up, right, at the beginning of the inning. And mm-hmm. he was the second guy due up. And the name Gray was all in lowercase. I'm like, oh, I think the person typing it thought that cap, caps locks was on or something. <laughs> and our intern pointed out that maybe you don't get capitalized until you get a hit. I don't know. But he played today. He started the game today. And he got his first hit. And then he homered against the O. So now I'm sure his name will be capitalized everywhere. And today, thanks to the Guardians beating Texas, the O's and the Rays both clinched playoff berths before the end of the O's-Rays game. But then the O's also won in extra innings. So we can count that as, no, no, we got there ourselves. It wasn't just like somebody else losing that got us there. But it was was so freaking exciting. And I really wanted the walk-off. I wanted the walk-off in the ninth. It didn't come till the 11th. But I'm feeling pretty good. So are the O's in first place now? Are they sole possession? They, they are still in first place. They are still Yay. in first place. They were one game ahead going into this. So now they are two with That's... these two. They, they won two out of four. I was hoping for three out of four. We did um, beat the Disney Prince yesterday. So my actually my favorite image from yesterday's game was a close-up of, um, uh, <laughs> of the glad. Disney uh, – yeah, of, of, of Glass now watching Gunnar Henderson's uh, home run leave the building. He just has this look like that. that's not how this was supposed to happen. When I was yeah. checking the scores on Friday, I was wondering if they could actually put Adam Jones in, seeing as though he had signed for the day. Like if that could. I think he retired before the game started. Otherwise, <laughs> uh, that would have been a maybe. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a good thinking. I like your creative thinking. All right. Yeah, anything, anything. So. Speaking of Friday, I just wanted to make sure that we acknowledge the fact that Roberto Clemente Day happened and that it's an important occasion. And I am very pro the idea of retiring number 21. Mm-hmm. Um, Roberto, I, I'm, I was trying to figure out, though, why they have Roberto Clemente Day on September 15th. And it seems that it's honestly just because it's the beginning of... Um, of Latin American Heritage Month, and it's the end of the season. His birthday was August 18th, and he died December 31st in in that horrible plane crash, bringing uh, relief supplies to Nicaragua. Um, But September 15th kind of makes sense, and it's also this lovely kind of, I don't know if lovely is the right word, but but poetic kind of bookends to the season because we start the season with Jackie Robinson Day on, on April 15th, and that's, you know, the, a big like rally around the beginning of the season. And now we have Roberto Clemente Day at the end of the season. And it's also like this mirror thing of 42 and 21. So it all just kind of feels like mm-hmm. capitalistic, capitalistic, almost like cosmic um, number play and, and balance to the universe and everything. Um, Roberto Clemente Day is clearly biggest in the land of, of Pittsburgh and all over Pennsylvania, actually, this year for the first time has declared Roberto Clemente Day as a statewide observation and the pirates go all out. And, you know, this is also something that would be nice if it got spread beyond the pirates. So every player 
And every coach on the Pirates did something to give back, something to give back to the community in honor of Clemente. So it was everything from renovating a baseball field, uh, assembling comfort packages for cancer patients, donating toys and pantry items at a Latin Latino community center, lots of stuff going on. They're definitely, like you said, like, all teams have something. There's acknowledgement MLB-wide. MLB started Roberto Clemente Day in 2002. And all players uh, this year, again, wore the 21 patch. All of the Pirates can wear, actually, number 21 jerseys, you know, kind of like everybody does with 42 on Jackie Robinson Day. And the, the opponent team from the Pirates are also allowed to wear 21. And this year it happened to be the Yankees. And glad that they went with that because you know how particular they can be about their uniform situation, <laughs> except for when it was um, wearing the, and actually this, a bad tangent here, but I was not happy to see the Yankees commemorating 9-11 by having NYPD on their hats. Mm. Like I think that 9-11, clearly important to commemorate, horrific for New York. And and I understand that the first responders are, are to be honored, but there's also a lot of other connotations with NYPD. So... Mm-hmm. Rethink that, Yankees. Okay, can I pause you for one second? Sure. I think I think you solved a mystery for me. Oh, okay. Yay. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about the jerseys. And when the teams had lined up on Friday night, on Roberto Clemente Day, for the anthem, you know how the, the camera pans the jerseys? Uh-huh. There was somebody wearing a 21 jersey ah. with not a name on it. And it ended up being Adam Frazier. Uh, he must be the nominee. He's not. Or, a, or, or is he a past winner? I don't know. I'm going to look that up. Maybe, maybe that's the case because, you know, he's he's new hmm. to the team this year. So I don't really know a lot. So I'm going to look him up later. But I, I couldn't. They didn't like say anything about that. And like we're we're joking around like, you know, what did he, he promise to do his laundry at home and forget his jersey or what happened? <laughs> but now that makes perfect sense. I feel so much better. And I feel like an idiot for not getting it right away because. We were talking about Roberta Clemente Day because we were, you know, they had this big profile of Kyle Gibson. And wow. That's funny. Thank you. Thank I you for wonder. solving the mystery. Well, well, fill me in on like what you find out about him because as far as what I understood, that the only the 23 nominees, like this year's nominees and past winners had the option to wear it. As well as, well, you know, I don't know if that was this year. Last year it was people of Puerto Rican descent as well. Um so I don't know. I'd be curious. I know that Justin Turner was last year's winner and he chose to wear it and, and made a big deal about it on his Instagram and, and totally, you know, deserving, deserving winner. And he also said that that winning it has only inspired him to do more, which I think is, you know, a beautiful thing. I did catch another one of uh, Mookie Betts's podcast. They're so cool because he interviews like the, the best players. He has one with Jazz Chisholm now. Um, but he also has one with Julio Rodriguez and asked him, you know, as a Latino player, what do you think about 21 and should it be retired? And he, and he said, absolutely, that it's really important yeah. for them. And um, and so that should happen. And Mookie backed him up on that. So I agree with Julio and Mookie. And I say, let's uh, retri- retire 21 and continue making this day what it should be about, which is community service and honoring, um, you know, a great player who who we lost way too soon. Wow. Okay. So Adam Frazier, you know, he played for Pittsburgh. I don't know if that's just a grandfathery huh. thing. That's but I have I haven't gotten to the if he um, yeah. Okay. So more nominated. about that later. I'm not going to okay. use this this important time to to look that up. Um, can I talk briefly about Kyle Gibson being the uh, nominee for? Oh uh, yeah. 
So along the lines of really profiling what players do in the community, it there wasn't just a, hey, come on, Kyle Gibson, come get your award because you're the Orioles nominee. It was, let's do video about all the work you're doing in the community. Oh, and he's good. new to the O's this year. And they interviewed him again later. And he said that when he and his wife, Elizabeth, get to a new team and a new city, they look up two things. One is either like a soup kitchen or food bank because uh. people everywhere are hungry and we can help. We can fix that. Mm -hmm. And the other one is something that has to do with supporting single mothers or victims of domestic abuse wow which are not the same things but those are the two yeah. categories where they put their money and they the interview got cut off it was one of oh it was one of those we're interviewing you during this half inning and when those three outs are up we're done talking yeah. so they never got to explain why that's important to them but i like that they're going to seek this out wherever they go Mm -hmm. And the other thing that this video really concentrated on was all the work that he does to get his the rest of the team involved. He's not just saying, I'm doing this. He's like, here's an opportunity for you guys to come out too and meet these kids or plant this garden or you know run this clinic or, or visit this place or donate this stuff. He gets them to come with him. That's which important. I love. I mean, he mm -hmm. just landed in Baltimore this season and already he's he's really he and his wife have really made this their home, which I like. And I and I think that that you're going to find that probably from team to team with mm -hmm. with the nominees for this. And this is just the one that I witnessed because I was there on that day. But I'm I'm hoping that all the teams took advantage of that opportunity to really say, here's all the good work that your players are doing. Cool. All right. Want to do a little cross training? Sure. We're getting to that, that time of the year where it, it's going to be happening more and more. There is a new professional women's hockey league. It's called the, the PWHL for professional women's hockey league. There used to be the national women's hockey league. There was a Canadian women's hockey league. They both kind of went out and now there's one that actually combines those two sort of opportunities. The, the league was announced in August. And there's really a very specific baseball crossover, which is the league and the six teams are owned by Mark Walter, who is the chair of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Hey. And on the board of this professional women's hockey league is Billie Jean King, who is a minority owner of the Dodgers. So that I think is really pretty cool. There are six teams. Three are in Canada. Three are in the United States. So it's Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, Boston, Minneapolis, St. Paul and New York City. There will be 150 players in this league. There was a pre-draft free agent signing opportunity where every team was allowed to sign up to three players. They could not recruit from current or graduating players from either the NCAA or Canadian University programs, right? Those, those, those are the women that'll be available in the draft. So they were signing free agents who had been on national teams or played professional hockey in the past. So they've already sort of made their mark in hockey outside of playing for a school. The draft is going to be on Monday. There'll be 90 players drafted. And then when that is done, there'll be another sort of open round where you can sign more. Like if you don't get drafted, you become a free agent. So they can fill out the rest of those 150 players in that like post-draft time. The season is going to be 24 games long. It's going to start in January. And what I like about this, which makes it different than the former NWHL, is some of the games 
between these six teams are going to be held at neutral sites, not just in those six cities. And they're going to tie those in with NHL games and events. And they'll be marketed as special events. Come see professional women's hockey, even if you don't live in Ottawa or uh-huh. Minneapolis, St. Paul. And PWHL players are also going to be invited to and expected to appear at big deal NHL events like the Winter Classic, which is the game that the NHL plays outdoors, right, over the holidays, and um, NHL All-Star Games. They're going to incorporate the women players as part of these events. And that's what we've always said was if you want to take women's sports seriously, you need to equate them with the men's leagues. The men's professional leagues play in the same place, get noticed by and promoted by the leagues that everyone is used to going, like the NHL, you're used to going to those games, have them show you why the PWHL is going to be important. So I'm kind of excited about this. I'm hoping it goes well. It's early days, but keep your eye open and see if one of these neutral sites happens to be a place near you. Yes. That's a, that's a perfect crossover because, you know, this is our little um, support women playing sports section of the, of the show because I'll give, give a quick summary of the baseball women's, women's Baseball World Cup, World Cup, which I promised last week. And it actually did, in fact, end this morning Group B. Of course, the actual finals are going to be next summer in Thunder Bay, Ontario. But Group B ended today. Japan and Taiwan clinched early. And this morning... Came down to the wire. There was a matchup between Puerto Rico and Venezuela. Venezuela shut out Puerto Rico 3-0. to zero. The hosts, Japan, are still undefeated. And I don't mean undefeated just from this tournament, but since 2012. <laughs> they have not lost a game. Not only have they lost the, the last several World Cups, they have not lost a game since 2012. And I was super happy to see an MLB article that will be linked to our show notes on Ayami Soto, who is pro- most likely the, the best women's pitcher in, in history. She's 33 years old, and she's past, pitched in the past five Women's World Cups and has been MVP in the last three consecutive. She has given up six hits in the last four tournaments, like entire tournaments. Good God. So the, what I loved was the quotation from her in the article that said, it's not just what I achieve on the field, but I also want to deliver excitement, deliver passion, and also give courage to other girls playing baseball. So we do talk a lot about how women in Japan's doing so well because they've had a women's league. It has not been functional as a national league since 2019, but I did find out that there are lots of women's regional leagues around the country, 102 women's teams, and three of them are affiliated with the NPB. So there is still movement to try to get the women's national league back together and um, super hopeful for that. Uh, and also, you know, the, the U.S. women's team did amazing in the Group A. So to see the matchup next summer, I think, is going to be super intense. And the U.S. women's team did well after some uh, loud encouragement by Mabel Blair, who we mm. know and love, the, the former player from the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. And was it encouragement or was it threats? I think, yeah, that's probably the, the threats. And, and you know, don't mess with her. She's got a baseball bat for a cane. So, you know, <laughs> she says something, you, you better fucking listen. Um, shout out to our friend Tom on Patreon who sent us an article about her being honored by the Mets right before Big Sexy, actually. I think it was yesterday. Oh, my gosh. Um, 
And she was given the first what appears is going to be annual Amazing Mets Foundation Legacy Award, which is going to, and, and starting as of now, celebrates the people and organizations in the baseball community that are making a difference and driving impactful change on and off the field. And we know that Maybell Blair has been hugely involved in promoting and doing stuff with Baseball for All, promoting girls and women in baseball. But I thought it was really interesting that the $5,000 check that they gave to her, one of those, you know, big... Big Novelty huge, checks. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, was made out to Athlete Ally, which is a nonprofit organization that educates athletic communities on how to understand obstacles for LGBTQ people in sports and build inclusive environments. All and right. Mabel just came out um, as, like, I think it was last year, like very yeah. recently. In Super her. recently, yeah. So for that to be noted for her or for her donation, the donation in her name, super impressive. Also, she threw out the first pitch, so she's no slouch. She threw it out to Liz Ben, who is the Mets director of MLB operations and apparently the highest ranked uh, woman in the Mets organization in Mets history. But they actually have women's locker room area. So apparently they're, they're dedicated to increasing women participating in the Mets organization. So yay, Mets, they did something right this year. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Hey, we have this read ridiculous fantasy team yeah. that um, there's actually there was yeah. actually significant movement this week oh boy can i just tell you that the wicked awesome team now holds claim solely to fifth place and the kids are now down to sixth that's was a sneaky wicked awesome team wow big drop for the kids and then the sorry potty mouth but mm. the short kings leapfrogged over you that was a several point change to get um to, to swap those two teams. So right. Bono's boyfriends is climbing back up to 203, briefly under 200 a couple weeks ago, now on the way back up. Oh, Contreras, still number two. <laughs> My team is hurt. Asuck, still number three. Razzle Dazzle, four. And then again, the Wicked Awesome Kids, Short Kings, Potty Mouth, Jumble happened next. And then at least the defense is good. Me at 10, Sunny Slammers at 11, Bada Bingers at 12 with what two weeks to go i'm sure there will be a big finish i know i'm going to be spending this week glued to the standings it's absolutely that time of year where every game matters because what other teams do is going to affect how your team ends up in the playoffs and so it's going to be complicated and all very mathy (laughs) that's that's good i should be paying attention to that thing as though i'm teaching math these days so weren't you teaching math in the context of baseball anyway I, I was supposed to. I haven't gotten there yet. We're still on yeah. fractions. I'm having a hard time bringing baseball into fractions. Once we get to decimals, I think we'll be good. Well, I, I think we could talk about the whole like, magic number um, segment, right? You've got a whole lesson plan for magic numbers. There we the go. Playoff, magic get, numbers. Yeah. yeah. Magic numbers would be a good thing. That would be a very good thing. All right. So what else going on this week? Yeah. What, yeah what, you got anything else? Because I got nothing other than like, you know, really – have like a laser focus on the standings. Well, I'm I'm hoping, thinking, I'm hoping to be healthy and thinking maybe a final visit to Nats Park might be in the books on oh, Friday. So nice. we'll see how that All right. goes. All right. All right. I'm thinking about possibly going to a county fair to eat food on a stick, possibly <laughs> next weekend, but I'm not sure if I have the, um, the endurance for that, but we'll see how that happens. Hey, if you have... Uh, excellent happy place experiences like I didn't want to tell us about it or if you find things that you need to like bring to our attention you can always find us on social media yeah check us out on x formerly known as twitter I hate saying that but you you know you're gonna find us there I guess ncib podcast facebook and instagram no crying in b-ball 
You can throw us a little bit of money. We just need a little bit on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash no crying and b-ball. And we would really appreciate your support and super thank you to the few folks who are still on there. We really appreciate it. And I appreciate um, also hearing from you guys on there. You can also just email us old fashioned. That's an easy one. NCIB, we are inside IP podcast. Yeah. At yep. gmail.com. Right. We sure are. I think so. We sure are. Yeah, that's that's a hundred percent confident right there. I like I like that. I'm sure everyone's gonna want to send us emails, not just people like who right. are royalty in foreign countries who just need a little backup from from our, our bank accounts. Sure, that'll be fine. Hey, I hear that boosters are available, so go ahead and get one. Fight the man. It's the right thing to do. Send your game balls to Meredith. And until next week, say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. like oh my god you sound like shit last week i mean you sounded like you you were not feeling the your best but you know we you explained it and yeah. that's okay i mean we we certainly have had our ups and downs and <laughs> that's true how we feel and how we sound and we muddle yep. through yeah power through